When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Terrace Podcast. My name is Craig Cairns and I don't forgive you. Joining me today is a man who created SPL Stats. It's Craig Anderson. Hello. And a man who created the phrase hat-trick boy. It's Duncan Mackay. Hello. How are we doing today, guys? I would suspect uh, probably better than you and all our uh, yellow, yellow-necked yellow uh, jambo brethren that have decided that they can't, uh, they can't stick a, a podcast on a Monday. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, they're, they're conspicuous by their absence. So that that's terrible. That, this this was this lineup was. De- it sounds like, it sounds like they're running away from it. This lineup was determined before the game. I, I feel like I don't want to throw them under the bus. If we had won, I'm probably the only one that would have been in a fit state to do this podcast today. Out of the Hearts fans, so let's be fair. That's maybe why it was uh, it was given to me. I didn't have the option of. Uh, going to Gorgie and disgracing our club by uh, not social distancing as uh, they all drank in the streets which I'm sure would have happened uh, it wouldn't have just been the ire directed towards the Celtic fans that were outside the uh, outside Hamden yesterday anyway we are going to talk about the Scottish Cup final if you hadn't guessed that already by the description of the show and all that kind of stuff first of all what an absolutely fantastic final it was uh, there's so many finals that you have where there are cagey affairs there's barely anything happens and I've not watched it back to figure out exactly how much quality was in the game but um, certainly were there was a lot of incident and you can't really ask for much more um, in a cup final to have uh, six goals and a, and, a, and a penalty shootout to finish it off even though that's maybe not the best way to, to settle it on the day but we'll go right back to the start um, what did you guys we'll start with you Duncan what do you guys think about the, the the lineups obviously the big news would have been who Lennon was going to drop and who he was going to bring back in and what do you think about the decisions he made on the day well I mean for me it was an inevitability uh, I don't even I'm not really sure why people were even slightly surprised that Scott Brown would return uh, for the final um, and Celtic even masked up with this idea that Sorrow may have had food poisoning, which definitely seems like something that de- definitely did happen. Definitely, definitely. Um, so I thought that, that that kind of seemed inevitable that would happen, despite the, how well Sorrow has been playing. Um, the rest of the team really wasn't that much of a surprise. I suppose the, the shape was uh, a bit uh, playing higher out on the right was was something that they didn't necessarily have to do um, and I don't think it's necessarily that gets the best off him but uh, I think that that seemed like a fair enough decision on Celtic's uh, part It worked the week um, before and um, not much has worked for them recently so I think it, I think it's pretty fair that he kind of went with that again I think I think I think when your alternative is um, is Frimpong on that side and you get flung about like a cheap tracksuit by the Hearts players as you saw when he came on he's far too lightweight to play that role um, against any team with any 
any degree of physicality. It's not even a big physical hearts thing here. It's just Frimpong is, Frimpong is a very good attacking player, but he's so lightweight. He's technically not very good and he um, doesn't know how to defend. So playing a guy who is better than him in all three of those categories seems like a, seems like a no-brainer, I would say. Yeah, and in terms of the Hearts lineup, I had absolutely no idea how we were going to line up. I mean, there was a few <laughs> kind of stick-ons about how, like, I mean, Boyce was going to play up front and Berra and Halkett were most likely going to play in central defence and uh, Naismith was probably going to play somewhere. But the centre midfield, it was anybody's guess. Um, Irving on form, I suppose you could say, would have been... Uh, it would have been a, a bit of a shocker to see him see him dropped, but yeah, it was kind of up for up for grabs. But he pulled also pulled out a, a back three out of nowhere. Um, the only time he's played that this season has been against Wraith, and that was pretty much a second string team that we put out that day. And I think it makes sense because he even said it after the game. You looked at the past twelve matches that Celtic had played, and the teams that had got success against them, or some of the teams that had got success against them. If you look at Ross County, you look at St Johnston, you look at Spark Prague, they all played a back three. So I think um, I think the back three maybe was a decent. Um, option for him to go for I think what didn't work was how much Hearts sat off Celtic in that first half and made them look like a decent football team yeah it was it was obvious that the, what you've seen time and again is that the way to get at the Celtic team is not to give them time to pick things to funnel them out to the positions where they're, they're kind of weak to essentially get Edward away from goaling on the ball because he's, he's not doing much in those positions he didn't do anything other than score that penalty no no it, it, was, it was anonymous again and what what you don't want to do is let someone like Ryan Christie have a shot twenty five yards out. You know what he's capable of, and to immediately immediately do that, they gave Turnbull far too much space in the kind of um, on the ball as well. Another player who he didn't he didn't do anything of that respect, but another player who can hurt you from those positions. It, it felt like exactly what you expect from Robbie Nielsen. It's like. He's a reactive manager. He, he doesn't. He's not proactive. He doesn't go out and try and win a game. He he, he sees what the opponent do, does, and then to be fair to him, he's very good at changing it, and he's very good at kind of reacting to what they're doing, which is what we saw in the second half and whatever. Um, but I I thought Hearts got too much credit, to be honest, out of um, people in general from how they played. I thought Celtic were there for the taking, and had they not shot themselves at both the times when the game was level they may well have been able to go on and win it. I think the only times Hearts played well was when they were behind, when they were 2-0 down and then when they were 3-2 down. Yeah. With with the exception of maybe a, a wee spell um, just towards the end of the game. Actually, but the better chances to win game. it at 2-2, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah. I would I would kind of disagree slightly on the Christie goal because I think because it comes off White's head, I mean, I think maybe somebody should be closer to Christie anyway. But I think if it had been a pass into Christie or a, uh, or or like the throw into Christie or something like that and he's got that much space to turn because you know what he can do from there then fair enough. But I think because it comes off A.D. White's head and it's it's not even that poor a defensive header. I think he's it's just kind of like a, a reaction. He's just trying to get something on it because it kind of unexpectedly comes his way. So I think it's I think it's a little bit of bad luck there. But um and but and it's one of those goals that when he does score it you can't really argue with the finish. I mean, you, there's nothing you can do defensively once he's in that position and he and he scores a goal like that. There's nothing your goalkeeper can do. There's nothing a defender can do other than be closer to him in the first place, like I say. And other than that, and the penalty, I know Celtic had chances later in the game, but 
they didn't really have too much in the first half other than that no they they were I think they they were neither of their goals came from good team play it was as they say an individual goal and then, and then obviously a penalty um, and yeah they, they looked very much a disjointed team it, it, it didn't look like I couldn't believe the kind of commentary kept, kept going on about all the Celtic of old and all this back to Celtic they, they were playing against passing the ball about in front of a team who wanted them to pass the ball in front of them yeah um, it, it was it was a real I was really disappointed with how Hearts played in the first half in that respect because it's hard to say you're, you've got you've got a system that you're maybe thinking okay we'll get to 0-0 at half time but, but you kind of keep playing it like that when you're 2-0 down which is essentially what they were doing and it, it was like you can say well it worked because they got back into it in the second half but they got back into it in the second half because Celtic mentally are just not there they're just a, a, their mentality is, is dreadful at the moment and I don't want to sound like like Hearts Hearts gave a good account of themselves but I don't think they should kind of come away and be like plucky losers I feel like they, they really had a big opportunity there which which they kind of squandered and a lot of that comes comes down to the manager who's who's not the manager who's kind of cut out for, for these types of games he's just it's not what he's good at Weirdly he'll, enough, he'll, sorry, he'll get he'll get Hearts promoted. He'll if he stays as Hearts manager, they will never finish outside the top six when he's in the Premiership because that's the type of manager that he is. But he's he's probably from the Levine school of management in the sense that it's all safe and it's always he's not. You know, we joke about Craig Levine not winning things. There's a reason, and it's because the, the type of mentality is good to get you a third place or a fourth place or whatever. It's probably good to get you to a cup semi-finals and stuff fairly regularly but ultimately I think they don't there's a lack of bravery I guess um, in the team and, and that was apparent for me from Hearts from, from the start to be honest just even stuff like having AD White in your team it's like why, why are you subjecting yourself to that you know what he, he can do and you very much know what he can't do which is the more important thing so when I saw that Hearts team um, Jamie Walker again the heart of a P just a guy you just don't want in that type of game and, and was absolutely pish and was quite rightly kind of hooked more or less as early as he could be I don't see it with him I've never seen it with Jamie Walker and he, he was he was setting a team out that I don't think had a chance to beat Celtic and, and that can't be right I, Weirdly enough I was more disappointed this morning in the cold light of day than I was after the game after the game I was all I was watching it with Duncan and I over Zoom and I did say at the end of the game to Graham as well who joined us latterly um, I said that oh well we've given a good account of ourselves we're, we're a league below them they, they should be turning up and beating us every time anyway uh, we've given a good account of ourselves especially how poor we were in the first half but then I woke up this morning and I thought no that Celtic team have gone 1-0 up against Sparta Prague and absolutely collapsed They've collapsed in many other games. They 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 don't play well for ninety minutes. They have psychological issues at the moment where they collapse during matches. And we not only had them on the ropes and had them at that point, we had the chances to actually. We'll come to some of them later, but we had the chances to actually win that game in the end. But what we should do is we should acknowledge that Celtic have won a quadruple treble, and it's an absolutely fantastic achievement. Something that I mean may never be repeated again. And I think given the season that they've had uh, and the and the, the, the troubles the, the kind of the, the, the 
problems that we've just highlighted there, the fact that they still manage to keep going and keep going, no matter how many times they were knocked down in this game and still go and win. I mean, even in penalties, there was a point where it swung in Hearts' favour and they've still come back and won it. So, I mean, they obviously, before we keep going on and battering Celtic after them winning all these trophies, their 12th trophy in a row, we should really acknowledge how big an achievement that is. Yeah, and and they started that with they were they were the prob- probably the best team in Scotland in in my lifetime the the Brendan Rodgers team at the start of that just untouchable unplayable, and then the, it, it's willpower that's got them through the last few trophies they, they didn't deserve to win the League Cup um, last year against, yeah last year against Rangers they they got themselves over the line they had a they had a a bit of a shock or a bit of a scare in both the last two league campaigns but ultimately did deserve to win they were the best team in the league in each of the last two years and this cup they, they got they certainly got lucky um, and so as that it's also not a surprise that it won't be um, 13 trophies in a row that, that that's already been ended because you can't keep dragging yourself over the line like this it, it, it does have to stop sometime and it's weird because yeah if, if they'd had if that exact same game had been transported to May last year Celtic could just win the league the narrative about it would be totally different you would just be saying what a great achievement it Definitely, is in a quadruple yeah. treble the fact that you're you're completing a quadruple treble at a time where you know that you're not going to do the fifth one in a row it sort of it sort of kind of lessens it a little bit in the sense that you know their invincibility has already kind of been been kind of tarnished or whatever but yes it's an amazing achievement and as I say no no team I'm quite pretty confident say I don't think any team will ever do that again now Oh, I guess if you say ever like in three years exactly I know not not in my lifetime I would be very surprised um, so so yeah I mean fair play to them and there's been quite a lot of players that have been involved in, in the whole lot Brown, McGregor uh, Ayer probably um, anyone else that, that have been been there all the way through Edward possibly no he probably joined in, in the second no, one it was, yeah he came um not that was not that was playing yesterday. Griffiths, I sp- uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's been. He's, yeah. he's probably he's probably featured in it all. And, 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 and he's scored in, in the Scottish Cup final yesterday. You can't take that away. And Rogic too. Yeah, Rogic yeah, was yeah. was there for it as well. But yeah, again, it's. Yeah, it's a weird, I think the timing is the. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why we we love football so much is that. Um, it, like like not like many other sports that the pendulum can change quite quickly like you know that that you are uh things things can change quite dramatically in quite a short period of time the the volatility i suppose that that's within the game and i think that's what it's a it's a weird thing because it's it's a huge achievement but it's also an entirely pointless achievement like you don't get anything for doing it if that makes sense I know that's a you know, yeah, and you it's get, not you get the trophies but it's not yeah there's not a, a bonus associated with uh, uh, yeah and which is uh, which is I think is what they're fighting what Celtic are now finding with the, the 10 in the row is that it's it's this um it's become sort of an end in and of itself but that it if that is what you fully solely perp- uh, solely focus on that actually it can lead to problems elsewhere because you're not doing the fundamentals that made you get to like you know that it, you've got to trust the process rather than than uh, f- trust the outcome I suppose um, and again, again this might all seem very churlish and uh, like you know, and it's not meant to be but, uh, because the, you know Celtic winning league should, like oh, the way they have should be something that 
happens all the time. But yeah, like I said, football isn't like tennis or whatever, where like the best team always wins all the cup competitions in the knockouts because because that's nature knockout competitions, and that's why we love them so much. Is that they always have the possibility of throwing stuff up, which it kind of has done now. Um, but yeah, the the idea that you will get that amount of luck in terms of the cup draws keep cup you know, you know during that that time they had a pretty good rate of home draws and stuff like that as well like you know like again they'll i'm sure there'll be celtic minded fans telling us right now that actually there was um they had less less uh, home draws than rangers or whatever but you know, but that that they uh they didn't meet Rangers, you know, any earlier than semi-finals a lot of the time and stuff like that, you know, and and Rangers being a, a bit of a clown uh, clown show a lot of the time as well, uh, managed to get themselves knocked out of cups by teams that they really shouldn't have either. They they did beat Aberdeen quite frequently, but that doesn't really count, does it? <laughs> it, it? It does. The thing that gets me again is that I've seen Celtic obviously win a lot of trophies in my lifetime, and I don't think I've ever seen them win a cup with such a shambolic performance as that yesterday it was unbelievable to have, a, to have a team that you can spend that amount of money on look that ropey I mean I think you might be right actually I'm trying to I was trying to go back through my yeah. mind there and Rangers like, oh. uh, did their best to fuck it against Queen of the South yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean yeah it was maybe on similar India but Rangers is, theirs was much more understandable in the sense that they'd played about 27 games million in the last games. two weeks or something like the it's just like Celtic they they've, they had no excuse for that. I mean, a lot of it a lot of it comes down to the goalkeeper. Um, Connor Hassel is just just not a good goalkeeper. You can joke about you know Scott Bain and Barkas maybe not being Celtic standard, but Connor Hassel is probably not Premiership standard. Like he's well, not now anyway, not at the moment. It reminded it me of uh, when Leo Fasan played for Kelly very briefly. Like he's a goalkeeper who doesn't actually make saves. I mean, he made saves in a penalty show, but that's a completely separate part of football. Um, yeah, if you can, their hearts essentially got themselves back into the game and created chance after chance purely by knowing that he was really, really shit at corners. And two goals came directly from it, and they, they could have scored more than that because he, he couldn't get anywhere near a corner. Yeah, he didn't it's just look like good. the fundamentals. Let's say, uh, let, let, oh, sorry, on you go, Duncan. I was just going to say, yeah, the, the it's understandable. Um, you know, if you look at it from like, if you look at uh, uh, from afar, from above, I suppose at that game, and you can say, oh, well, co- what a story that is! You know, Conrad Hazard penalty shootout uh, hero and stuff like that. But he only went to penalty shootouts because he was that bad. Like, I think that's that's the thing that people kind of been missing from this, and it's uh like there was no part of his performance that looked assured. Um, and I, I don't want to be like, and again, this is. Uh, uh, I'm very positive of clubs trying to promote players early and stuff like that, but the fact that he was playing is a is a bigger uh, indictment of Celtic Football Club than than it is on him, you know, frankly. And 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 uh, you know, I'm definitely not a uh, Hearts fan, but I, f- I found the um, the baiting of Craig Gordon by Celtic fans last night online. Like again, online's not real life, etc., etc. All those usual caveats. Um, I found that really distasteful as well because I was just like, "Can you like? I mean, can you not just enjoy winning your achievement without rubbing salt into someone's wounds? Someone that left your club because you wouldn't pay him what he thought he was deserving to earn? I don't know. Like it just it was well, it just a very wasn't first choice. Craig Gordon is by a mile better than any of the three goalkeepers that Celtic currently have. It was a mistake to let him leave if they weren't going to rep- like. Fair enough, he was second choice to Foster last year, and that's fine because Foster's better than him, but. To, to replace him with uh, 
well, to keep Scott Bain on, fine if you want him to be a backup, but they've, they've went out big and spent five million quid on a goalkeeper who might come good, but at the moment, he's a joke figure. He's he's not as bad again as Hazard was, but he really doesn't look confident at all, Barkas. And to the point that you're then playing a cup final with a young boy who was on loan at Dundee last season and was fine, but... And, and, and Hazard, again, he might go on to have an okay career, but... You, there was no justification for him being there in the first place it's just it's not it wasn't an injury crisis that led him to playing it was a shit goalkeeper crisis and you can look at him you can look at um, Shane Duffy who obviously went off but to sign a big commanding centre half like that and then for him to just be noised up by Neesmith and Boyce quite so easily um, Julian had a, a poor game against you're looking at the, the whole that's the whole core the whole heart of your team Scott Brown had a poor game um, he obviously redeemed himself somewhat because there's a lot of desire involved in um, in beating Kingsley to that header for the, the third goal which again in normal circumstances is what wins you the cup so so he, he didn't contribute nothing but when you look right down the spine of that Celtic team Callum McGregor was okay but didn't have a great game and Edward was not interested hasn't been interested in months you're not going to you're, you're going to be very lucky to win cups if literally the entire spine of your team is either not good enough or not interested. Yeah, yeah I think it was they they toiled to that like they toiled to the forms and you know again it's the it's the thin margins in which uh, this team will be written about because you know again that now. Uh, if you, saw, you saw today Martin O'Neill had a column saying how could like you know basically how can you doubt that Neil Lennon and stuff like that and it's like well yeah he was literally one penalty kick away from losing the cup like you know the the leg the the, the way in which um, history is uh, going to be determined can flip quite quite easily and you know that again they threw away a two goal lead like that's that's the fact of the matter that, that at half time I was uh, <laughs> there was a, there was a feeling of like doing doing a Sean McGuigan and just turning off because because re- and frankly if there was anything better on I probably would have done because there was <laughs> you know like because the fact of the matter is you know you know how this should go except it's not the Celtic of old and yeah so you're right so got, if you look at the multiple finals that like they've played against um, like the likes of Motherwell and Hibs over the last ten years and stuff that's the kind of game that they go on and they win three 0 uh, just yeah. just see it out three 0 They score a second goal. Uh, sorry, a third goal, and uh, they triple they triple their lead in the second half to make it three <laughs> to make it three 0 and uh, and just and just see it out. But no, that, that's a, like I said, they weren't in control of this game. It's that's the that same. Was, that was the they, they, they don't have command. The same fragilities. I mean, I was making food towards the end of the. I was again. I was watching it with Duncan. I was making food towards the end of the first half because I was just like, this is over. Sean was right. This is over. And then I, I thought that if we needed to, if we were going to get back into the game we needed the goal before half time uh, kind of like Stevie Fulton did in the 96 Coca-Cola Cup final where we were 2-0 down and uh, Fulton scored just before half time and then we came back out flying but don't know exactly what Nielsen said to them but um, we came out flying in that second half and amazing the one good kick that Gordon had all day right onto um, White White absolutely done ire again maybe the only time it happened in the game um, and then, because uh, Ayer, I mean, we've been speaking about the players that hadn't been play, didn't play well for Celtic. I think Ayer had a very good game, um, but that was the one time he was done by White. Great cross from Halliday. Uh, Boyce knocks it in. I don't know why he's free in there, but um, and then the momentum's with Hearts. And I said to Duncan at that point, 
we're at least going to equalise here. Or maybe it was a wee bit later, but I said we're at least going to equalise. I'm not saying we're going to win it, but we're at least going to equalise. And that came with Kingsley, as we've been talking about through a set piece. And something that hasn't been pointed out, if that, that doesn't go over the line, I don't know if the referee sees it or not, but Christie saves that with his arm, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very yeah. much an arm. And um, goal, like first, first time, I think, well, the first time goal line technology, it's the third game the goal line technology has been used in in Scotland, obviously the two semi-finals before that. And it's the first time it's obviously actually had to be used. It was the slowest goal line technology I've ever seen. The ball was really I it celebrated the goal twice, Craig. I celebrated the goal twice. It was like, and yeah, so I don't know if the referee was waiting, surely not, was waiting to make a decision on a penalty once he knew the ball was in or not, or whether yeah. they just didn't see it. But it, there's an official looking straight at that incident. Um, and like the post is in his way. Which so, I think it might have been. <laughs> yeah, Some of the Hearts fans um, were pointing at the uh, the official on the on the touchline. I think during this, uh, just during the, the aftermath of it. I think I don't know. I didn't um, look that back. But but yeah, I mean, ultimately it was in. So it's it's a it was a goal, and, and yeah, again it came from from really bad defending. And Hearts had had chances before that, and had had a couple of chances after that. I mean, uh, Janelli just he he blew the biggest chance of the game. He changed the game when he came on. He um, he terrorised, uh, terrorised, not quite the right word, but he, he stretched the game a lot more. He gave Hearts width. He, he gave Celtic something to think about, some pace in behind, got in the kind of gaps in between kind of um, Ayer and, and Julian or, or Ayer and Duffy or Duffy and Taylor or whatever. Whatever he was, he seemed to pop up everywhere. Well, he was, because he's, um, he's not only a winger, but he was brought on for Walker and then pushed ahead of Boyce and Naismith so it was he wasn't fit enough to start if he's fit he starts I think because we didn't have any pace in the team and right away he's put as the furthest forward even though it's not his position for his pace and to get in behind and you see it happen like and not only did his one-on-one kind of sum up why he was put onto the pitch even though it's like not him put in behind by a Hearts player that incident summed up I thought how fragile Celtic are because two of their defenders go for it and they leave it for each other at the last second and it just trundles through to Ginelli who is probably the most one-footed player in Scotland <laughs> he, a left-footed player I think has a much better chance of uh, scoring that yeah. and, and no, even if he doesn't no he's got to go across he's got to cut across the defender that's behind him I think it's one of those at no point did I think he was going to score as soon as he got Didn't on that like ball it, no. and I saw him like take his first step I'm like yeah you're, you're a player He all he wanted at that point was to get filled and, and, and win a penalty no interest in actually trying to score a goal because I don't think he believed well if you're going to do that cut across the defender because then there's much more chance of him bringing you down yeah it was just and, and then obviously he skies one over the bar which is an injury time game, I think an injury time which he should have scored that was that definitely was the, the or at least hit the target yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. If you make if you make uh, Connor Hazard make a save for the first time in his career, then um, there was a couple of defenders there as well. So I think he had there was, I mean, there's still going to be gaps there, but there were there were a few blockages in the way. But I mean, he's got to hit the target. He's got to keep that down. Yeah, because it was really nice. It was it was Ollie Lee, wasn't it? Who picked him out perfectly. It was because um, he actually I, I'm not necessarily a big fan of Lee, but I thought he, he did well when he came flashes. On. He shows it in flashes. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and it's a bit. I think he's a big game player. Um, to be fair to him, like he, he he's not going to turn up against uh, against Infernal in the league or whatever. But in a, in a cup final, um, in in derbies and all that, he does seem to do the business sometimes. And yeah, so that was the moment. That I think that was the moment where Hearts should have won it um, and probably yeah 
they'll they'll kind of they had a wee hangover from that I think because I think Celtic were much the better team at the start of extra time like it felt like Celtic were kind of coming back into the game um, and, and ultimately obviously did did get a goal and I think when Griffiths scores I, th- I thought that was the game over yeah, everybody at that thought point it was over, thought, yeah. like, as much as a Celtic team are fragile like I can't see Hearts coming back here again like they've, they've just it didn't seem likely but but they did fair play Aye, and fair play to Griffiths because he's again another guy that's had a bit of a, a tough season a tough year I suppose Um hasn't had many starts recently has come on and been a bit of an impact player uh, most notably up at St Johnston uh, a couple of months back but yeah and you could tell how much he loved that goal um, it being against Hearts and uh, his interview afterwards he couldn't help but get a, a few digs in did you enjoy that one Duncan? Yeah I did I mean, <laughs> well and actually I did, well I, th- I think it's kind of overstated a little like I think um, I think the I think there's a lot more niggle to Celtic Hearts games than have any real reason to be. Like, you know, again, this, that, that um, Hearts fans hate Scott Brown as much as Celtic fans hate Stephen Naismith. And to me, it's just um, it's just the Spider-Man image of Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. Like, the, the two exact same players doing exactly, like, you know, trying to noise people up and then getting infuriated when they are, are, are not noised up. It's all um, pantomime as well because they're both of them nice guys off the park, probably like the first person in the dressing room to say well done and all that. But out on that part, the, the persona they they, um, they put across is totally different from that, and yeah, it, it just it, it's weird the whole thing around it. But yeah, um, I think with Griffiths, it's, it's probably a bit more visceral in terms of his hatred of parts. Um, he's probably got good good reason sometimes. But uh, yeah, I think I think I saw an interview last night where he said it was the. Um, you know, it made up for 2012. Didn't for me. Um, I'm but, glad. I'm uh, glad you know, said like, that. Uh, I was just like, nah. He also um, said that Hearts were embarrassed against Celtic in a cup final again, which I don't know. I, I thought was it really embarrassing for Hearts? I mean, I, I didn't feel embarrassed after the game. I mean, Celtic win that game nine times out of ten. I think uh, if we, if we if we keep playing it over and over, Celtic should be really winning that every time with the resources they've got. But I don't. I don't think you embarrass anyone if you have if you're taken to penalty shootouts. I think that is like, against a championship team. Not, yeah, I mean, even to taking aside the championship, you're not embarrassing anyone if you if it's that close. Um, Do you know what's embarrassing? Just, uh, Getting caught singing that one of your fellow professionals is a fucking refugee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that. Yeah, yes, I think that. I think that is a fair thing to say. Um, and yeah, it, it's just I, I, one of the other things that kind of. I don't know if I'm getting um, old before my time and stuff like that, and I can understand that. But uh, we we talked about this during the game, Craig. But the, the idea that um, there's because of the pandemic and things like that, there were six substitutes in total for each side. It felt very strange. Like it didn't. It felt like it was becoming a bit like a, a bit like a rugby game. You know, in terms of like you having like tactical substitutions at certain points of time. I thought we were going to um, win uh, via uh, Celtic fielding an ineligible player at one point. I could barely say that properly. <laughs> but it did it like you? It's, I know it's not like, it, but twenty-two players. But when it becomes when you add another twelve on top of that, like I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being oh, uh, old man uh, yells at clouds and stuff. But it I, becomes I a bit if friendly. You, like. If you're able to change more than half the starting lineup, it does feel a bit odd to me. 
what's your thoughts on that, Craig? I mean, you're you're kind of like someone who's very into yeah. into the rules and things like that. That sounds like a yeah. horrible way of putting it, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're into <laughs> rules. Yeah, what, 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 I, what I claim to fame. Um, yeah, yeah. The, I don't think the five subs was needed. To be honest, I think they kept talking about um, fixture congestion and stuff. There's not actually any extra games, and it's only a couple of extra weeks in the season, apart from these three games. They, they, they don't impact much and Celtic are going to have much fewer games but on account of being out of Europe so early um, it, yeah it felt like but that was what they voted on for, for the three of the four divisions of the SPFL and also for the, this season's Scottish Cup but oh, sorry last season's Scottish Cup but not this season's because it's back to the normal for the 2020-21 version which has already started Um so yeah, it felt yeah, it felt like too many players, but I was I was um wasn't surprised to see like nobody seemed to know what the rules were because nobody ever seems to actually check. Yeah. Like yeah. it's obviously that like um Me and Duncan like, were certainly like, learning as we were going. I felt like the commentary team weren't entirely sure either, which is, is inexcusable. It was um, it was a dreadful commentary performance. The the production was uh, was awful. Um but the um yeah it it did like Celtic were able to I don't think this, this, okay one of them scored I don't think the subs changed the nature no no let's be clear it didn't affect the outcome of the game whatsoever no um, Hearts, Hearts had more impact with their subs in the sense that um, I think I think Ginelli coming on in particular made a big difference mm-hmm. to the game yes he missed chances um, except the one that he couldn't miss to make it 3 he made but, up for it yeah he's not missing that, yeah. that I mean he actually did take that with his left foot and you see he doesn't get a good connection on it but he absolutely <laughs> batters uh, Callum McGregor into the net at the same time yeah. which was fun to watch that's, that's not that I've got anything against Callum McGregor it was just it was just funny to watch it was a, just a very old fashioned goal to see scored <laughs> yeah look where a keeper like, used to get like, bundled I'm in I'm going to score <laughs> I'm going to take take a body as well. Yeah, um, the the sub that Hearts made that didn't pay off was bringing Craig White on because he, he didn't impact the game. Boyce injured like, himself. Yeah. Uh, the just before the corner that we get for the uh, for to make it two two, um, Boyce tries to overhead kick that and ends up fresh air swiping it because Brown gets a toe and puts it out for a corner. And you could see him rubbing his hamstring hamstring after that, and he went off not long after. So I, I reckon Boyce was injured because he. he I, I, I know that he's not long worked his way back to fitness, but I still think that he would have been fit would, enough and would have stayed. Liam Boyce over. <laughs> I, and he probably would have at least played the 90 minute. I mean, he might have come off an extra time at some point, but I think, mm-hmm. I think he would have played at least the 90 minutes. So, yeah, I, I think that must have been. Um, that must have been why he's gone off, yeah. I th- actually think Whiten was decent up to a point, up until the box, maybe. He he showed a lot of nice touches, he beat a few men. I thought he actually looked quite decent, but yeah, in terms of front of goal, you could see the um, the, the chance that he did have. Again, I know, I know that's a difficult one to score from. I'm not saying it's like, it's a half chance. It is a half chance, sorry. But he doesn't even hit the target he's, again he's got to hit the target with that one at least and work that goalkeeper who's showing that he's a bit dodgy how many shots in target did Hearts have was it more than three I'm not sure um, uh, I can just check the stats at the moment sorry uh, Hearts had six shots on target I, I suspect I don't remember I said don't remember Hazard making a good save in the game like I don't remember him thinking oh he so there was an early one from Berra which I think he did quite well to get down to like Berra like our, our first 
chance of the game before I think it was the first chance of the game we got a set piece on the right swung in by Irvin and Berra swung a foot at, at it and he got down to the corner quite low to but, save it I mean that was, it was it wasn't a great save it was nothing that Segrist did against Hibbs for instance but it was it was a it was decent I forgot to mention about Christoph Berra showing again that he does need to be shipped to the glue factory <sighs> before half return to if he'll do fine in the championship but it's ludicrous it's such a ludicrous penalty to give away in a cup final when you're waving your hands about above your head and it's nothing to do with the new handball rule because that's just that's just always a, a yeah it's, the, it's a weird thing he's doing just very very strange and then, of course, the game was decided on penalties. I was delighted when I saw that um, Hearts were going first because, again, talking about Celtic and the place they're in psychologically at the moment, I thought, um, well, it's been proven that there's a slight advantage to going first and I just thought like that, that was putting more pressure on them. And we had it. We had them where we wanted them. We had saved the penalty. And the worst thing you can do is miss your next one. And I was screaming before he even took it. I was screaming, take a run up. Uh, and I know that yeah. sounds, again, that sounds a bit kind of old man uh, shouting at clouds. And some players are absolutely brilliant at just taking a step or two and converting a penalty. But I just wasn't, isn't one of them. I was not convinced when I saw that he was two steps away from the ball. And yeah, both him and Whiten... I don't want to take anything away from the keeper in the penalty shootouts because um, you can only save what's in front of you. But neither of them were great penalties, I don't think. It's it's, a, it's the type of penalty a player who doesn't have belief takes. It's not like you, you can understand. See, like the one Marshall saved from Mitrovic, it's not a great penalty, but it, it's a decently struck penalty and, and the goalkeeper actually has to work hard to save it. Both Kingsley and Whiten had the look of defeated men before they turned, they stepped up to take penalties. And you've got a cup final coming up. Why? I would have thought they'd have been practicing over and over again and we know who's good at penalties and not. And neither of those guys, I know, I think Whiten's taken penalties a fair bit in his career before. I'm sure he's definitely... Scored one against Wraith earlier in the season. Penalties, but... Um, Two. Because Hart started off so well. Like, like Naismith's penalty in particular was just excellent. Um, and... So, so you're thinking like okay well we're looking good here and then you just got down to ju- just like piss weak penalty like no belief stepping up and he'd be given man the match which I thought was a bit strange in itself yes he scored a goal but he also was the man that um, set up the equaliser as well for, he was very much at fault for um, for one of Celtic's goals I, I didn't think he had a great game across the piece he was fine Um Having said that, it was hard to pick a candidate, but then yeah, it, to it kind of I don't know why they had to pick man the match before the game finishes. I never understand like why they, they feel that they need to do that. Um, because you can't then pick a man the match who misses a penalty. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's, a, it's it's essentially the one of the most important parts of the match, and he's he's failed with it. Probably should have been higher in the end. And uh, not only did he score his, I thought um, Mikey Johnson steps up at a high pressure situation and for a young lad does really well takes a really good penalty and uh, I, I I think he deserves a lot of praise I don't remember him doing too much when he came on but he hasn't played a lot of football recently um, and he's he's obviously a cracking player there's no doubt about yeah. that I think I think the, the best is definitely yet to come from Mikey Johnson but yeah I think um, he stepped up in a really high pressure situation and did really well I thought yeah, yeah. Celtic, Celtic's penalties with the exception of Christie's and even Christie's wasn't that bad it was just a good save from Gordon yeah. McGregor's was excellent 
Um, it was the best of the day. McGregor, I, I mean, we've seen McGregor we saw McGregor take 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 excellent penalties for Scotland. Um, I think he took he took penalties in both um, both playoff games, and and both were really good. Um, so there was that sense. Like I always do think when it comes to a penalty shout, the team that's got better players is that an advantage? Just because the better the better you are, the generally the better you are at taking penalties, um, and and that's kind of what we saw. But. And I think forward point now, because well, I, I said that on Twitter and folks said, well, well, Gordon's a better goalkeeper. And that's true. But A, I don't really remember Craig Gordon having much of a reputation as a penalty saving goalkeeper. He's not bad at them. He does save them sometimes. Also, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be a good goalkeeper at the rest of the game to be good at saving pens. I think Lee Robinson's the example. Um, <laughs> yeah. But also, his- it's, a, it's a reactive skill. It's not, it's, you're not, you're having, you're not in charge of what's going to happen, which is what, being a penalty kick taker is should be about. You can do your research and know where they usually go. I think uh I think was it Griffith said after the game that he knew Gordon usually puts it one side, so he went with the other side. So there's things like that. There's obviously gamesmanship that comes into it like that as well. So from a goalkeeper's point of view, yes, you have the option of guessing away based on their history or um or reacting to it, I guess. And and, and yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, Gordon Especially for the last one, he he's 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 guessed, man. He's not going to. He's not just going to stand still for the last penalty, is he? If, if I had penanked them, though, let's be honest. <laughs> I I thought that was really predictable. What Ayer was going to do with that penalty, though, I thought like the type of player he is, the type of character Ayer is. I didn't see anything other than him absolutely battering it. So I would have thought Gordon might have considered just standing up to it but I know that you can just look daft yeah you can't do that in the last penalty like that yeah um, so yeah and then that was that was uh, bold from Ayer as I say not someone I've ever seen take a penalty before and, and a very strange person to step up last but he's probably um Got the, the most bottle of the. He said he wanted it. He said he wanted it because. Yeah, he said he wanted the. He said he was happy with the high pressure situation, and I mean, bearing in mind that you don't always get the chance to take the fifth penalty, but yeah, he wanted to. Um, he wanted. He said he was willing to face up to that pressure, and he also said that he didn't trust his muscles at that point to accurately find a corner, so he just decided he was blasting it. Which is fair enough. I mean, he. he he did what he did what was uh, expected of him and yeah Celtic go on and win yet another trophy and I don't think we really need to go into the achievement as such because we've we kind of covered that a bit earlier but um starting with you Duncan what what do you think this means for Lennon now well he's going to stay I think that's I think that's clear I mean I think uh he he's not the sort of character that doesn't have self belief. Um, I think is, uh, and that's abundantly clear. And I think that he he believes that he is capable of turning that around. I think there was more evidence yesterday to suggest that they aren't capable of it. Um, I think that it's not quite a continued, but this is. I think this is what Celtic, the mentality at Celtic, and and what people have talked about in terms of its uh, a, a club being having that small time mentality. Um, around itself is that it allows it, it, it's it's a club that very much is won over by scoreboard uh, scoreboard management if that makes sense so it happened uh, last year in the League Cup like you know what's happening right now was all for like in the league was all foretold by that League Cup final last year where they got absolutely battered 
uh, and they won. And so it, and instead of saying, well, why was it that we got battered there? They just took it in the sense that Rangers don't have the mentality. We, we, we'll always win. And that's kind of been replicated a lot with, with you know, because Rangers had that collapse after Christmas and stuff like that. But it's, it's been on the cards for a while. Um, and he doesn't... Lennon has talked a lot about you know, needing to change the culture and things like that. But... And, and I think that is possibly true, but he doesn't seem to think that he has anything to do with that. Like, you know what I mean? Like the culture, seem, he for the, seems that, that that's the sort of thing that seems kind of incidental to his management. Also that doesn't seem like, an easy thing to do either overnight or mid-season either. I thought that was a strange comment from him because that was him... But I think Lennon just shoots. There's lots of strange things he's done though. This he season. shoots from the hip a lot, and then continued to play, and then continued to play them week in week out. Yeah, I was just gonna say after matches he seems to just shoot from the hip a lot, and then say the opposite in his next uh, his next interview. And I think um, I think with hindsight you probably wouldn't say that because saying that a culture change is needed, you're talking about like a a complete overhaul after yeah. the season well, started. A, a, a culture change at a football club usually means the manager's getting shipped out because it's a lot cheaper to get rid of the manager and bring in someone else than it is to change the to rip up the tw- 15 or so expensive first team contracts well, and that's it, what that's what they mean it doesn't make sense either because if any club needed a culture change it was Rangers and Steven Gerrard that brought that because they had a losing culture a, a team that were half arse and everything we're finishing third in the league even after they got promoted even after taking two years to come out of the championship Celtic didn't need a culture change when they appointed Neil Lennon because they they were the best as I said the best Celtic team of my lifetime I think better than Martin O'Neill's team they were more dominant they, they were more interesting to watch what they needed to do is appoint a proper I don't mean a proper Neil Lennon's a proper manager a Celtic level manager 18 months ago after yeah. after they won yeah, that they Scottish get, Cup they the get some qualification into the Champions League yeah, that, can take, that, 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 that can benchmark Celtic against clubs like Ajax instead Celtic's benchmark has been won above Rangers yeah and it was they sat, they, they got a manager who got sacked by Hibs and whatever about how well he did at Hibs and he did do a good job at Hibs initially and all that that's not the level when they got yeah. sacked it was deserved and yeah. that's not the pawn Celtic needed to be fishing in to begin with we've talked about that over and over again nobody was nobody outside of the, the weird bubble that seems to exist around the punditry in Scotland thought this was a good appointment everyone could see it coming he did okay last season he won the league which they, as I said they deserved to win but part of that was a collapse from Rangers after Christmas because at Christmas time Rangers looked like they had a chance the only way he wins the league this year is an even bigger collapse from Rangers because Celtic are not going to win every game to the end of the season Celtic are going to drop at least 7-8-9 points before the end of the season Rangers need to drop 15-16 whatever more um, to, to drop them below I don't see that happening so at most at the end of this season he's going to win another Scottish Cup um, is that enough to keep him in his job? it shouldn't be but there, there doesn't seem to be any genuine pressure outside of an element of Celtic's fans who have been really ridiculous and kind of unfairly pilloried for having standards like the Green Brigade and all that they've got standards Celtic are not meeting the standards at all they haven't been for a long time and yes some of the methods that they're perhaps using are questionable at, at, at this time but they're spot on with what they're saying and, and for 
the amount of kind of folk to come out and, and try and defend Lennon against these recent performances is is kind of unfathomable to me but we don't have a football media who are, who are ever willing to hold anyone to account outside of kind of outside of the game unless unless they're not Scottish yeah that's what I mean if they're yeah, are, are, yeah they're not known to Scottish football if well, they're you know someone gets brought in out of the blue they're happy to, to do it with at that point but yeah so he should he shouldn't be Celtic manager right now but given I thought maybe he would resign after the game and just say okay I've, I've done the quadruple treble here we go even though he didn't do the bulk of it Brendan Rodgers did the vast majority of it um, which which seems to be forgotten as well uh, and it's time to go but now that he's not resigned I don't see them sacking him so I think he'll be manager till the end of the season there's kind of no point if, if they had a really embarrassing Scottish Cup exit and the league was gone they might get rid of him but otherwise I think there'll be a part of the ways in May yeah, I think that's fair. I think that looks like what's going to happen now. Um, but again, for all that negativity, we should acknowledge that that was a fantastic achievement from Neil Lennon as well, that he's now the first, uh, the only player um, and manager, sorry, the only person in Scottish football to win a treble as a player and as a manager. And no matter how he's got there in the end, uh, you, you just can't question that achievement, I guess. But it looks like we're at about time guys um, to, uh, oh yeah I should do a proper outro actually it's Christmas soon so I think we're going to have a Christmas special but then we're going to be having a bit of a break from the main show so there won't be any other main shows for a couple of weeks until after the year uh, and but there will still be plenty of stuff going up on the Patreon I hope I don't have to edit that down because that sounded fucking terrible I mean you guys called me you said I should host this because I'm the most professional and I've really thrown that back in your face like, have you ever heard any of the shows that I've hosted I think, I think that still holds <laughs> uh, so yeah just say goodbye guys and we'll get out of here yeah and wish everyone a, a Merry Christmas and um, I hope I hope Santa is, is good to every single one of you if he can overcome the tier 4 restrictions yeah just want to say thanks to everyone for that's supported us through this year it's been um one hell of a shit year I think is, is fair to say for on the whole, whole and uh, if we've entertained you in even the slightest way uh, and made things slightly more um, bearable then yeah we uh, then that, that's fantastic and again we wouldn't be anywhere where we are without the support that we get from all of you guys and if and girls obviously um, but mainly guys and uh, <laughs> yeah I suppose that's just the thing is if you're if you're if you are alone this year or struggling or whatever then uh, you know, please seek out the help that you can get from professionals probably not from myself or uh, the three of us because we're <laughs> not trained professionals but we, uh, we obviously uh, hope that everyone is safe and well yes well said Duncan and yeah Merry Christmas everyone Podcast Network.